Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Hey, we're going to pray. We're going to get into the Word of God this morning. I'm excited for what God's going to say to our hearts. So Lord, we just welcome you and we thank you, Father, that that coming together, we give you all the glory. This is all about you. And we come together and we we do this in, in our way, but we submit it and we surrender our hearts to you, Lord. And we're hungry for you. We wanna know you more. We wanna be transformed by you. We want you to come crashing into our world. We want you to be number one above everything, Heavenly Father. And so this morning, as we come to your word, we believe this is truth. We believe that it has power and we say yes and amen to it transforming our hearts and our minds so we can live the life, we can be aligned to you, God. And so Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We pray that your voice would be the loudest voice in this room this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Turn to the person next to you this morning, just say, God's gonna get you. Yeah, yeah, just declare it over them. There's some introverts and you came in just wanting to hide in church this morning. But God knows you're here and He's got good stuff for you. Okay, we're gonna get into it. Who's got their Bibles here today? Just show me your Bible. Yes, you're amazing. Andrew, I don't know if you're on TikTok or you version, but uh, you've got a phone here, I know that. Okay, Jeremiah 17, if you can go there first. We're going to jump into this passage because I want to talk to you about next steps today. And this passage is, I want you to see something in this passage. It describes the outcomes for the person who either trusts in man or the person who trusts in God. Now, we're on the team where we're promoting trust in God. I just want that to be really clear here today. All right. Jeremiah 17 Starting around verse five, it says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're blessed. (laughs) Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. You know, you don't often hear the beginning of this passage about the person who is cursed. We hear about the blessed person all the time. But the start of this this passage talks about the person who is cursed. And I want you to hear this this morning. One way of kind of describing what the word blessed means is to be happy in our soul. Is anyone here blessed today? I hope there would be some people, but to be happy in our soul. Now, if we flip that over, the cursed person could be someone who is unhappy in their soul. 
And I would imagine that all of us here know what it's like at times to feel like we have no peace in our soul, to just feel like there's, there's no resting in this place, like we haven't arrived at a place of peace. And this text actually draws a conclusion that the cursed person is the person who does not trust in the Lord, that there is blessing from trusting in the Lord. And this is the call that we have. This is the challenge that we have as followers of Jesus every day of our lives that I'm gonna be someone who trusts in the Lord. Right now I see this, but I'm gonna choose to trust in the Lord. Right now this doesn't make sense, but I'm gonna choose to trust in the Lord. This is our call as followers of Jesus. And some of us have done it long enough now that we know that trusting in the Lord is best. Amen? And this is what the Father wants us to know. But this is what it looks like, is if we trust in the Lord, we're gonna see roots go down deep, which means we're gonna get stronger, we're gonna get healthier in the Lord, and we're gonna be people who bear fruit. That means we're gonna make an impact in God's kingdom. Now, I would love to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And right here, I see this passage and for me, it reminds me that I wanna be the tree that's planted by the living water with my roots going down into the Word of God. And therefore, I'm gonna be the blessed person, I'm gonna trust in the Lord and I'm gonna see fruit in my life. So we can draw some conclusions ourselves here is that if we, are not, if we don't feel like we're growing, if we feel like we're in a stagnant, parched place, maybe you're here today and you feel like I'm in this, just this place of dryness, barrenness right now, and we're not seeing growth, we're not seeing roots growing, we don't feel like a tree that's flourishing, then perhaps we conclude that our trust is in the wrong place in some areas of our life. Is that all right? And so it's time for realignment. Right, And so this is what I want to speak about today is next steps. Now, one thing I know really well, Lisa and I, we live on this uh, beautiful property. We call it the Holy Land. It was the promised land. That sounds spiritual, hey. It is. Like the Lord gave us this property. It's beautiful. Woke up this morning to kangaroos. Come on. That's heaven, hey? Yeah, some people are like, what? <laughs> kangaroos, right. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's beautiful. One thing we know living on a property is that healthy things in the right conditions flourish. So half my life is spent mowing grass, whippersnipping weeds, and on a chainsaw, trimming back trees. Now, you don't know this about me, but you know, you, most of you know I love surfing. Uh, most of you know Collingwood is an amazing football team and... Most of Hope community supports Collingwood, which is a wonderful thing. I haven't done the official stats, but I think that's probably true. I am at my happiest. Happy Dan is when he's got his work boots on, his grubby clothes, and I've got a whippersnipper or a chainsaw in my hand, and I just get to spend the day in the yard. But so much of that is just hacking back stuff that is growing. <laughs> Invitations to come to your house and do it, amen? 
That's not what I'm doing today. (laughs) Plants that are planted in the right place with the right conditions are gonna flourish. And so we wanna be people who are planted in the right place. We wanna see the right conditions around us. We wanna be people who are flourishing as God's people. And therefore, we're gonna be used by God to make an impact in His kingdom, amen? All right, come with me to another passage now. Turn to Luke chapter five. As I read through this, I want you to keep an eye on the people in this scene and I want you to consider where they're at spiritually. All right, are we talking about people who are in the wasteland, dry, or are we talking about people who are trees planted by a stream, or are we talking about people that are just somewhere on that journey, all right? Luke chapter five, I'm gonna read this whole thing. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little bit from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. I wanna speak to you today about next steps under this subheading, a miraculous catch. And I wanna highlight some growth opportunities that we see in this passage. Because God is calling us, each one of us, into a space where there is more. There is always more. It doesn't matter how long you've been following the Lord for, there is more for you. You haven't got Him all worked out, there is more to Him. You haven't finished or arrived at your purpose yet, He has more for you. And just when you think you're there, He's got more and He's gonna mess you up and He's gonna show you how much more He's got. I can promise you that. But none of us need to be standing still. God is calling us to be a people who are moving forward in His grace. And so the first opportunity I wanna highlight is where Jesus gives Simon an instruction in verse four. He says, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, for some followers of Jesus right here, there's an issue because some of us just do not like being told what to do. Amen? I won't ask for a show of hands, 
But whether it's someone else who asks you to do something or whether it's Jesus that asks you to do something, you're just like, nah, God has given you this strength. Some might call it stubbornness. We like to be positive and encourage and say, God has given you resilience and strength to stand your ground. Amen. But here's a challenge. Jesus is giving Simon a direct command. So what's going on here? We have a rabbi, right? He's just taught to the crowd, sure. But technically he doesn't have any disciples yet. So he's kind of like not a very good rabbi yet. All right. He was a carpenter, okay? He made tables and chairs. And here he is talking to a professional fisherman, telling him what to do. So this is an interesting situation, which requires a level of humility from Simon to actually receive what Jesus is asking him to do. Now, I don't know, are there any fishermen in the room? I, I am, there's a couple. I, I am not a fisherman, but I love going fishing, right? I'm the guy who, when he goes fishing, just does all the wrong things. And the other guy is always telling me, oh, do this, don't do that. And it's just awkward, right? But a few years ago, there was a guy in our church and he was an amazing fisherman. He invited me out fishing with another pastor actually, which is great. And he, he's got all these GPS locations, secret spots no one else knows, right? And we get up early and we, we went all out to Noosa and we went miles offshore from Noosa and we started dropping down. And, and we were only there a short amount of time and I just start hooking up, right? Now, before I'm hooking up, they're telling me, oh, don't do this, don't do that, right? I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Uh, what I, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing right? But I'm hooking up. The awkward thing is that they're doing their thing and they're not catching a thing, right? And I start realising this, like I'm hauling them in. I'm having a great time. But the more fish I catch, the more frustrated they get, right? And I'm the guy that doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm just like, I'm praying, Lord, more, more. Come on, give me that catch. This is great. Catching fish is really fun. Not catching fish, not fun, right? So I'm having this amazing time. Here we have a situation where Jesus is talking to a professional fisherman, right? He knows what to do. Simon knows how to catch fish. They've been out trying to catch fish all night, hadn't caught a thing. And Jesus comes and says, here's what I want you to do. Now, it's actually harder than you think. I read some stuff on this. Um, I mean, number one, they'd already been washing up their nets, like they were packing up. Some of us would just be like, no thanks. Like, we're already washing up the nets. We're heading home. We're done. You want us to get the clean nets and try it again, right? No, thank you. The other thing is, it's daytime now. And the types of nets that they used, they were these nets they'd throw down. They wouldn't go down very deep. And during the day, the fish would go down deep, right? And so they're thinking, look, there is no chance of catching fish. But all that said, Simon says, okay, I'll do what you say, Jesus. This is an opportunity to either trust in man or trust in Jesus, and we have these opportunities 
all the time. We have the Word of God. We have access to this far better than anyone in history has ever had it. We can access God's Word, His instruction manual for life in so many different ways. We have it, the commands of Jesus. And Jesus is asking you and I to live and do certain things. And we get to choose our response to His questions and His commands. And I wonder whether we're gonna trust in man whether we're gonna trust in the Lord as He speaks. One way we know that our trust is in God is when He asks us to do something that doesn't make sense to us. Our our human wisdom cannot make sense. Lord, I don't see why you're calling me to that. I don't see how that's gonna work. I know what I'm talking about in this situation and you're asking me to do this. But because you said so, I'll do it. That is trusting in the voice of God. This is who God's calling us to be. Second opportunity. Simon realises that he is in the boat with Jesus. And this is an amazing scene. It's an interesting scene because really Luke was writing... This book, he was recording this so that Gentile readers would have an understanding of who Jesus, the Son of God, is. And so it actually demonstrates Jesus' authority over all things, this passage. That's the goal of what Luke is doing. But here we see that there's another story taking place and Simon realises I am in the presence of someone who is so incredible incredible that right now I don't feel worthy to be in his presence. An amazing thing. His response is so interesting too because he says like, go away from me. Like I can't be near you not knowing that Jesus actually came for the lost. Jesus came for the sick. Jesus came for people just like Simon in this situation, right? And yet here he is. He's having this encounter with Jesus. And it gives him this understanding of his spiritual position. He is a sinful man. That's his position. And I actually long for encounters like this, just like this one, for every one of us, that we would have moments, that we would have encounters where we're confronted with who we we are without Jesus and therefore our need for Jesus. We need to have these encounters to cry out to Him as our Saviour. If I'm looking at this moment that's going on here, it speaks to me about environment. I heard this amazing story recently. This is something that happened in America in a place called Death Valley. And Death Valley is the hottest, driest place in America. It's like that because it just never rains there and therefore nothing grows there, right? But this amazing thing happened in the winter of 2004, it rained. It rained really heavy in Death Valley. And nothing happened straight away. But in the spring of 2005, 
this happened. I've got some pictures here. I want you to see. Show us picture one first. That's Death Valley, right? It's dry. Show us picture two. This is what happened after the rain. Isn't that amazing? And I found out as I was reading about this, this is called a super bloom. And what they thought, what, what science, what people thought was just a place of death was actually just dormant. And there were all these seeds underground that were just right, waiting for the right environment so that they could grow and flourish. You see where I'm going with this, right? We have this opportunity to respond as God calls out to each one of us. And I understand like we can have encounters with Jesus in our lounge room, at our dining table. I hope that we are having them. I hope that they're normal for us. But there's also amazing opportunities as we gather together with other believers that we would be encountering Jesus as we gather together. And as we have those encounters, we get to choose what our response is going to be in His presence. You know, um, we love encounter here at Hope Community. We love trying to just posture ourselves to receive everything that God has for us. And there's a whole, there's a, a lot of people have a lot, of, lot to say about a lot of things and they think, you know, encounters are a waste of time and they're so subjective and, you know, people just go on living their own life. But I want you to hear this, one encounter can change everything. And we've seen it, we've seen it happen. That's why I know one encounter with Jesus can put someone just in a different place, a whole new place. And so I wonder... Where are the environments that you put yourself where you encounter Jesus? What does this look like for you? Is it early in the morning, each morning, as you get, as you get His Word out, as you worship Him, as you spend time in His presence? Is it coming to church on Sundays? Is it chasing after other things like conferences and just places where you can feed? What does it look like for you? A couple of weeks ago, I went down to Melbourne for a conference, a revival conference at Numa Church. And um, I'd, I'd heard talk about revival down there at Numa Church, that it was breaking out, that God was pouring out His Spirit there. And um, I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to see. Like, if, if it's revival, I, I want some. And so I went down to Melbourne and I went to this conference and all I can say is that the level of hunger, I don't know how many, I think maybe around a thousand people were packed in this room together. And the level of hunger in this room for Jesus was just amazing. Out of a thousand people, 950 of them were just full on into it. I'm the introvert in the room. I'm going low key. I don't know anyone there, right? And I'm happy with it being that way. And I'm going to receive. And I just step into this space where the presence of God is so active and people are coming to pray for me and give me prophetic words and bless me. And I feel like I need to get saved all over again. I'm like, oh man, I'm sure I've got something for you, but I'm just gonna receive. Just keep giving it to me, right? But just fires you up so much. Just being in that environment changed me, it encouraged me, it filled me up. 
And I wonder what it looks like for you because we all need to be reminded of our need for Jesus constantly, right? We all need to be reminded what He's done for us, who He is, how desperately we need Him to be at work in our life. We all need that. What's your environment look like? As a pastor, part of my heart is to get every one of us in an environment where you're gonna grow and flourish. And obviously you still have that choice, but we're gonna try and create opportunities. And so Liz was just talking about reform, amazing opportunity. If you're here today and you feel like I'm dry and I'm just looking for something that's gonna lead me into a more intimate relationship with Jesus, reform is for you. That's an opportunity for you. Alpha is coming up this term. I would hope that everyone in the church does Alpha at least once in their life. Amazing teaching on the foundations of Christianity. And even then, you can grab someone like Liz said and get them to do it with you. Baptisms are next Sunday. Maybe your next step is simply to be baptised. If we're talking about commands from Jesus, repent and be baptised. It's very simple. Believe and be baptised. Maybe baptism is the next thing you're waiting for. If you're dry and you can't see God at work in your life right now, and you haven't been baptised, I wanna encourage you next Sunday, get baptised. See what God has for you on the other side of baptism. But we're always gonna try and create these opportunities for every single one of us to grow. And that that doesn't take away from what we do ourselves, how we just press into the Lord, how we just choose to live in His presence and His peace as well. But as a church, we're gonna keep creating those opportunities. Third opportunity we see in Scripture, I'm gonna wrap up here, is Jesus gives them an invitation. And their response is, it says that they left everything and they followed Him. So they left their family, they left a business, a fishing business, which was a family business. They left people they loved to follow Jesus. They even left an old way, an old religion. They, let, they, they stepped into a new way, a new spirituality. That was incredibly challenging. We can't underestimate how hard it was for them to challenge what they knew at times. They left old, thing, old ways of doing things and they chose to follow Jesus. And I want you to hear this this morning, but our growth takes a hit when we choose to take things with us on the journey that Jesus wants us to leave behind. And some of us are still carrying things like we're choosing to follow Jesus and rather than leave everything behind and follow Jesus, we're choosing to take things with us. And this scene is so powerful. They left everything and they followed Jesus. When I went to Melbourne, I took took our son, Levi, and uh, he came to conference as well and he encountered God and had an amazing time as well. I always try and travel, take my kids, include them in on that journey. And we're at the airport and we're going through security and we get to the other side and the security guards pull us aside. And I knew what I was taking with me. I knew I was good, but I'm thinking, oh dear, what's Levi got in his backpack, right? 
And uh, we'd already had a chat about that at home. Hey, you can't take sharp things, you can't take this, you can't. Yeah, yeah, all good, because it's got a couple of pocket knives and things like that. Don't take them, mate, right? Yeah, all good. So the guy comes over and he's got Levi's backpack and I see that there and he puts it up there and he goes, excuse me, sir, is this your son's backpack? I said, yes, it is. He says, well, would you mind if I go through it? And I'm like, go for it, mate. And he's rummaging through and I'm thinking, what's he gonna find? Isn't this fascinating? (laughs) He comes out with a fidget spinner that's shaped like a ninja star. And I'm like, hello. I can imagine just what that came up like on the x-ray machine. And uh, anyway, he kind of checks the edges of it. They're round and they're not sharp. He's like, ah, look, I think you're pretty safe with this. And he gives it back and we move on. But I I wonder what we're carrying on our journey with us that Jesus is calling for us to leave behind old ways of thinking, connections with things that we probably don't need to be connected with anymore, trusting in things that we can account for and not the Lord. What are we carrying with us as we try and as we follow Jesus? What needs to be left behind as we move forward? As we finish up, I want you to just think for one moment. If you had to place yourself in this scene, where would you be? As Jesus preaches to the crowds from the boat, where are you today? Are you someone who's in the crowd? I would imagine that in the crowd there were people and they were sceptical of this guy, Jesus, and his teaching. I imagine there were people and they've kind of heard about it a little bit and they're like really interested in hearing him. I imagine there were people who were there that day and they were listening and they're like, I believe that what he says is true. There's authority in this and I'm gonna live the way that he's calling us to live. There were future disciples there. The disciples, technically, they hadn't followed Jesus yet. They were in the process of becoming followers of Jesus. You have Peter there. If you know your Scripture, like Peter was nuts. He was was the guy, he was all in. He didn't always get it right. He stuffed up, he denied Jesus. He cut someone's ear off with a sword, like... He was keen as, but at the same time, when the Spirit of God fell at Pentecost, He preached and thousands of people got saved. He went on to move in the power of God so powerfully that just His shadow or even things that touched His skin could heal people. This was Peter. This interaction here was the beginning of Peter's ministry. I wonder if you see yourself like Peter. I'm fired up. I'm all in. I'm ready to move in the power of God. I'm ready for everything that God has for me. It's yes and amen. I'm leaving everything behind and I'm going after what God has. I wonder what your next steps are. Are you placing yourself in the right environment, the right conditions where you can be that tree planted by the stream whose roots go down deep and who bears a huge amount of fruit. What I wanna do is we're gonna just move into a time of response this morning. I want us to give this 
to the Lord. I want this to be a question we ask Holy Spirit to answer for us. If we're gonna trust the Lord, then we wanna just step away from even our own thinking for a moment where we might accidentally create like this spiritual checklist where I know I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do this. We start beating ourselves up and condemnation creeps in and we just end up feeling like I'm a terrible Christian and I just need to do all of the stuff, right? For some of us, God might be saying, do less. I want you to do less. I want you to cut back and just abide with me because you're doing so much, you're missing out on me, right? So can I invite you to jump on your feet and we're just gonna ask the Lord, if you need to get some space, even we're gonna move into a time of worship, if you need to find a little bit of space as, as you wanna do this, we're just gonna put this question before the Lord. Now I just want you in your heart, in your mind, just to say, Lord, what do the next steps look like for me? Father, is there something that I'm yet to do that You are calling me to next? Father, am I carrying something that needs to be left behind? And maybe just start to tell Him, if your heart's desire is that you wanna run fully into everything that He has, let Him know that. And just ask Him those questions in your way. Lord, what's the more that you have for me? What does this look like? What does this require of me? What needs to change? What needs to come into my life? What needs to go out of my life? Heavenly Father, we just thank You that You are good. You're a good Father, Lord. And You guide us and You lead us, Lord. And so today we pray, Holy Spirit, that You speak to every single heart on what the next steps looks like for each one of us, Father whether it's a season of going deep, jumping into something like reform, growing those roots, Lord, getting into Your Word, whether it's a season of rest, Heavenly Father, whether You've got new kingdom steps for us to take where we're gonna see an impact. Holy Spirit, You know the things that need to be left behind, cut off completely so that we can walk lighter, we can walk in freedom into all the plans that You have. But Father, we just thank You that You're good. Whatever the next steps are, we know that You're good, Lord, that You have the best for us, Father. And so Holy Spirit, we worship You. We bless Your Name. We welcome You, Holy Spirit, to come and speak to each one of our hearts in Jesus' Name. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.